As part of our vision to transform the healthcare experience, Temecula Valley Hospital brings you TVH Health Chat. Here's Melanie Cole. Welcome. We're talking today about peripheral vascular disease. Do you know what it is? Do you know what the symptoms are and who is at risk? Well, we're going to find out from my guest, Dr. Brian Tew. He's a vascular surgeon and a member of the medical staff at Temecula Valley Hospital. Dr. Tew, explain a little bit about peripheral vascular disease. What is it and does it differ from peripheral arterial disease? Are they the same thing? Oh, that's a good, that's a good point. Actually, yes, it's just a different term. They're just different terms for the same disease. Um, generally, we, we say peripheral vascular disease, uh, but in fact, it is a disease of the artery. Uh, and what it entails is blockages uh, that prevent blood flow from getting to the muscles and skin and tissue of our legs or, or feet. Um, that's that's the peripheral part of the disease. And it just, uh, these blockages can cause some problems uh, down the road. Who is at risk for these kinds of blockages? Uh, the patients uh, that are at risk are usually the elderly. Unfortunately, as we age, the arteries tend to get harder. They start to develop blockages. And these blockages are incre- people with their increased risk uh, include patients who are hypertensive, patients with diabetes, patients with elevated cholesterol. And the number one risk patients are those who smoke cigarettes. Uh, you know, people try to concentrate on the lung effects of cigarettes, but you, but a lot of the other toxins that are in the, the smoke that they inhale will actually damage the arteries and cause blockages themselves. And so actually, when I talk to patients, that's the number one risk factor I tell them if they could stop smoking, they can possibly prevent this disease from occurring or even getting worse in the future. Dr. Chu, as you talk about those risk factors and we talk about symptoms, many people get a pain in the calf when they're exercising or when they're just sitting there and they think to themselves, okay, is that a blood clot in my leg or do I have peripheral vascular disease? Is there anything that specifically would point symptom-wise to someone to say, you know what, maybe I better get in and get this checked because we get a lot of pains in our legs and especially women that maybe have varicose veins or any of these other things, how do we know what it is? Uh, good, another good point. So, Peripheral vascular disease develops over time, so usually the symptoms will be gradual. So there's different stages as to how these symptoms develop. First, the patients usually get pain uh, with walking. So that's the first essential step. Uh, The reason we get that is as we walk, the muscles and skin require more oxygen and nutrients um, and energy in order to continue walking. So when that demand is higher than the amount of blood that can get down there, that's when we start to develop pain. Then the next level is when the blockage is so bad, patients start to get pain just at rest. And the, the reason why patients usually get them in the calves in terms of peripheral vascular disease is the, the area in which it gets blocked is usually around the major vessels in the thigh and just above the knee. That's just the area that is more prone to developing these blockages. And so to compare it to pain usually with a, a blood clot, the blood clot uh, usually has other symptoms associated with the pain. Sometimes patients will have swelling. They may have skin changes in, in terms of their in the color, um, but the pain associated with peripheral vascular disease is a little deeper as well. It's usually it's the muscle itself that's exhibiting this pain, um, and it's it's sort of crampy. It can be a little a little bit of burning, not necessarily stabbing in in nature. So that was a great explanation, and thank you for that, because people do get confused, and some of it all kind of ties in together with those risk factors. So. How do we diagnose it? 
what are some of the imaging studies or treatments that, you know, diagnosis that you might use if somebody comes to you and they have those kinds of leg cramps or pains above the knee and those muscles, and maybe they have some of those risk factors, how do you diagnose whether they do have peripheral vascular disease? Right. So the diagnosis begins always with a history and physical. I have the patients come in, we talk about their their lifestyle, and I ask them about the risk factors themselves, whether they're hypertensive or not, if they have a history of diabetes, do they smoke, um, does any vascular issues run in the family? For example, I ask them whether they've ever had a heart attack or a stroke, or if anyone in the family has, because those are also, um, those are the genetic risk factors that may increase their risk of Provascular disease. So once we get that basic history, on, on I'll take a look at their their pulses. That's that's the basis of every uh, vascular exam is to check the pulses, whether they be in the arm. Uh, sometimes they can be weaker the further out you go, especially towards the, the feet. Uh, and I take a look at the quality of their skin. Is it dry? Is it shiny? Um, and just just to see how their their sensation and, and strength are are in terms of their legs. So once we once we do finish the physical exam, then I'll usually get uh, what the first, very first step is what's called an ABI. That's checking the blood pressure and comparing the blood pressure in their legs to their arm. Uh, that gives us a kind of a quick and dirty way to see how, how much perfusion is going down the legs compared to the arms, just because the legs are usually more involved. Uh, the next step I would likely get is what's called a arterial duplex, which is just an ultrasound. With this, we're able to look inside the blood vessels, check how much blood flow is going through the major arteries in our legs, uh, and, can, and they can estimate how much of a blockage there is. And then depending on how much blockage there is and in combination of the patient's symptoms, that's when we'll talk about treatment. So then what does treatment look like? If you've determined after those kinds of tests that, yes, there is some blockage in there, or yes, there's some buildup of plaque in these arteries of your legs, what do you do first for the person? So it definitely depends on the level of their disease in terms of how symptomatic they are. So if the patient's coming to me and telling me after maybe five, six blocks, I start to develop this calf pain, uh, that's early stage disease, and we can talk about treating the patient medically. And that involves trying to reduce all the risk factors that we had previously spoken about, making sure they're on their blood pressure medication, their diabetic medication, uh, making sure that they stop smoking, um, and then we talk about their diet and exercise. You know, we want the patient to be on a low cholesterol diet, low fat diet, um, avoid salty foods to help control their cholesterol. Uh, and an exercise program, we essentially use the same exercise program as the American Heart Association, where it's a 30-minute brisk walk three times a week. Um, and what that does is, what I explain to the patient, is your body will start to adjust. When you walk that far and you start to feel the pain, the body knows that I need more blood to the areas that are developing pain. So the patient's uh, the branches uh, along the arteries will start to develop and become larger and help bring that and deliver that blood down to the leg. So then, the, when the when the symptoms start to get worse, say the patient comes in and can only walk maybe a block or two, and that's when I'll offer them uh, an intervention. So interventions range from a minimally invasive procedure all the way to surgery. So the, we always start with the minimally invasive procedure, and that's what's called an angiogram. With that, I'm able to access directly the blood vessels, uh, shoot a picture using x-ray and dye in order to highlight the blood vessels and localize where these blockages are. And then with the use of wires and, and balloons and maybe even a stent, 
open up these blockages and allow the blood to, to continue on. And in that way, if the blockages are small enough that we can use the balloons and stents, then, then that's it for the inter- intervention. But if the blockages are too large and unable to be crossed with the wire or, or with a balloon, then we'll talk about a surgery, which could be anywhere from cl- just cleaning out the blood vessel or what's called a bypass. What about medication? Would blood thinners or anything along those lines be used if a person does have a restricted blood flow in their legs or arms? Yeah, currently, though, the the blood thinners are used just to essentially alleviate symptoms and prevent blockages from getting worse. Unfortunately, even in 2019, there's nothing that can reverse the disease. Uh, so some of the medications we'll use include a, a baby aspirin that does thin the blood out a little bit and allow the blood to traverse all these blockages and get to where they need to go. Um, I'll also have make sure the patient's on a statin, make sure their cholesterol is con- controlled, again, because it's these cholesterol uh, deposits that create the plaque in our artery. Uh, sometimes we'll go even a little stronger than the aspirin. Sometimes patients will be on Plavix. Uh, it's just a stronger version of aspirin. Again, it, it is a somewhat of a blood thinner. And then there are medications, uh, one in particular called Pletol, that, that is used to deal with the pain of uh, that's associated with PV, with PVD, but it's hit or miss on a lot of patients, so I don't prescribe it too much. Um, but it's mostly about uh, controlling the risk factors rather than trying to uh, just cover up the symptoms with medication. Well, that would seem to be what really all of this is about is, you know, prevention so that you don't have to control some of those risk factors. Give us your best advice, Dr. Tu, for preventing peripheral vascular disease in the first place. Yes, that's great. So, I mean, pretty much every doctor will, will tell you diet and exercise, um, and it really does go a long way in terms of your circulation and, and peripheral vascular disease because the, the healthy diet will ensure that your blood pressure is controlled. It'll ensure that your sugars are controlled for diabetes. It'll make sure that your cholesterol is controlled. And all, all three of those things, unfortunately, kind of, when combined, make your risks even higher. So really just a, a healthy lifestyle, uh, having some daily exercise if possible, otherwise every other day type of thing. It really goes a long way in terms of uh, keeping your circulation in check and preventing this uh, blockages that would that's associated with the peripheral vascular disease. Thank you so much, Dr. Chu. It's, it's such important information for those of us to hear and to hopefully prevent it. Thank you again for joining us. You're listening to TVH Health Chat with Temecula Valley Hospital. For more information, please visit TemeculaValleyHospital.com. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of Temecula Valley Hospital. The hospital shall not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for tuning in.